0: global headquarters in New York City, you're listening to Advisor Insights, where we feature professionals that will address the issues that affect companies that trade on the OTC markets. Joining us today is Seth Farman, Chairman and Co-Founder of Transfer, which is a member of our Premium Provider Directory. Welcome, Seth. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Seth. So to get started, let's fill everyone in on what we'll be talking about today which is once a company begins trading on the OTC markets, how do they pick a service provider? And we will be focusing a bit on transfer agents today, but how do they pick a service provider that will best help them grow as a public company? That's a, uh, that's a loaded question, but I think it's an important one. And before we get down to it, can you give our audience, our listeners a little bit about yourself and Vista?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So,
0: um, uh, I, uh, I used to be a securities attorney. Hopefully, none of your uh, your
1: listeners will hold that against me. Uh, and then, uh, after uh, after practicing law for a couple of years, I started a uh, an SEC Edgar filing company and uh, did that for about a decade, servicing about four thousand uh, pub- publicly traded companies. And then, about ten years ago, started uh, V Stock Transfer. So, basically, I've been working in the uh, public uh, public markets for about twenty years, <clears throat> and. Um, at uh, at V Stock Transfer, we have an opportunity to work with uh, private companies, pre-IPO companies, and then uh, obviously those that are uh, are currently uh, on uh, on the public uh, market. So um, to answer your question, though, that's uh, that's um, still a loaded question in terms of the timing that uh, that a lot of these companies need to start to think about these questions about the providers that they want to surround themselves with, and I guess it really depends on. The type of provider, right? So, you know, the uh, the law firms and the uh, the auditors are going to come in at one stage. The underwriters are at another stage. But you know, I can I can speak to the uh, the transfer agent component. It really it really comes up depending on two situations. Now, um, the first is going to going to be when a company starts to raise uh, raise capital, and if they want to approach the institutional investors, they they really want to think about from a cosmetic standpoint how is that going to look. And so if they're going to go out and, uh, and raise money, they really want to be able to give the perception that they're fully compliant. They don't want to approach uh, capital resources and say that we're printing stock certificates out of our basement. And so that's the point where they'll say, okay, well, let's look at what transfer agent providers are out there. Um, and then the second time that they might consider this question is if a company has, you know, maybe 40, 50, 100 shareholders, it just becomes an administrative nightmare. As you can imagine, that Excel sheet gets pretty burdensome. Um, you know, we've got some, some clients with 15,000 or 20,000 individual shareholders. And so at that point, um, you know, maybe around the 50 to 100 mark, they'll say, listen, you know, for the couple of dollars, it's worth it to have a transfer agent just take this administrative portion off my plate. And that's when they'll start to explore uh, what options are out there uh, to consider.
0: Okay. Going along with that, what kind of red flags should they watch out for, or when they're talking to transfer agents or other service providers, or what kind of advice may you have for issuers that perhaps may be a little late in joining the game, and finally they're saying, "Okay, now let's spend a couple of dollars on a transfer agent." What should they watch out for? Sure, and and that's a that's a great question.
1: I, I would I would tweak it a little bit, and I would say. Um, not so much red flags, but more so like what kind of bells and whistles can they look out for? What kind of, you know, uh, extra benefits should they look out for? Because, you know, the transfer agent sort of um, narrow lane of the administration of the stock ledger and the issuances and the customer service, you know, those are things that they probably know to look out for. But um, a couple of things that I would suggest that they want to be aware of, for example, of might be online access, you know, as um, as many of the listeners here are aware of, there are a lot of deadlines when you're operating a publicly traded company. I remember back in the day when I was uh, involved in the 10 Q and the 10 K filing deadlines, it was always at 529 when everybody ran to figure out the plug in the last minute information. And you need to know how many share shares are outstanding. Well, if you have online access uh, through your through your transfer agent, that's definitely something that's going to benefit you. You'll have that data at your fingertips. Um, as you're going through the uh, the public process, you're going to want to surround yourself with people that can assist you with things like DTC eligibility, um, DWAC eligible, um, okay. helping deposits. These are things that you have no idea what they mean until you go down that path. Um, you know, you don't know what a medallion stamp is until somebody tells you you need a medallion stamp. And so if you try to make a checklist of these items uh, before you make your decision uh, and before you, you know, select all your providers and the team, uh, the all-star team that you want around you, these are things that you're going to want uh, to check the box for before you uh, go down that,
0: uh, that decision. So Seth, quick question. These uh, medallion stamps that you were just talking about, is, is that something that every transfer agent can help with or is V stock pretty, do you guys do a lot of that for, for your clients?
1: It, it's, it's actually um, something that most often or, or, or should be most often that a bank offers. Um, it's uh, For those of you who don't know, it's sort of like a notary on steroids. It should be that um, if you just need to prove who you are and that you have the right to transfer the stock, it used to be you could just go to the bank and uh, show them your driver's license and get this this uh, this green uh, funky security stamp. But a lot of banks have stopped um, offering that. So uh, now there's a, a solution online, um, eSignatureGuarantee.com, and so that's an online solution. And um, and there's just a lot of a lot of different sort of <clears throat> requirements as a publicly traded company that people will need to be educated about. And I think that's something that the OTC does a great, a great job of doing, um, you know, I don't know it by heart, the layout, but I know you have a fantastic resources page that really helps with different providers, different uh, educational tools. And so that's definitely something that I encourage um, the to be CEOs of publicly traded companies to, uh, to go check out and really try to educate
0: themselves about these requirements. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's that's great. You're right. The OTC does have a, a plethora of information on our website. Um, so Seth, I kind of wanted to f- flip it a little. We, we we've been talking about you know issuers talking to service providers. Now let's now let's just look at briefly. Do you have any suggestions for advisors or service providers that are looking to work with public companies on the OTC markets? What can you tell them uh, based on your experiences or Vstocks experiences that you can suggest to them on how to best work uh, or find clients, work with clients on the OTC. I think that I
1: think that when I think of the the OTC, I, I sort of have this word of community that comes to mind. In other words, I, I believe that I've had some success um, you know again, through that website, there's a lot of data there that's really helpful, um, both for um, whether it's issuers, um, advisors, um, investment bankers, family offices, um, chief investment officers, um, or even the uh, you know average Joe shareholder who might be interested in a particular um, field, whether you know I have an affinity for investing in biotech or eSports, you know there's really a, a lot of opportunity to to you know roll up your sleeves and, and do some digging because you can you know see who the who the trade agent is, who the uh, company management team is, um, obviously the news releases and some of the financials. Uh, but I think that because there's, um, there's a lot of information there, whether it's podcasts or, um, uh, a, a lot of, uh, uh, video interviews, I would just, I would just spend a lot of time digging through a lot of that information and then you'll be able to reach out and, uh, and, uh, you know, see what you can offer. Uh, as long as you've got the the valuable services to offer, I think you'll do, you'll do a great job.
0: Okay. And, uh, Stock, you're, you're client list. I know you have a couple of hundred clients that trade on the OTC market, specifically our top tiers, OTCQB and OTCQX. Um, can you give any insights into your clients' experiences that have been trading on the OTCQB or the OTCQX and how they have grown um, trading on those markets?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that those companies, especially over the last couple months, um, have tried to really focus on three things. And I think you know, over the last couple of months, that's been on everybody's mind, whether it's the investors or the the companies. Um, they're worried about how do I sustain liquidity? Um, you know, how do, I, how do I tell my story and how do I gain access to capital? I think that that's sort of like every day, every CEO wakes up and, and worries about those three things. And every day they go to sleep and they worry about those three things. And mm-hmm. so the OTC market does, does a really good job of trying to Accommodate as best they can. Um, You know there are resources. Everybody's really accessible. Um, You know whenever there's an issue, um, there are plenty of people in different departments to help with that. And I think that if there, as long as there are ways to to be able to tell your story and really get out there. Again, whether it's through video or podcasts like this one. You know every time I'm I'm on the site, I see there's another CEO interview or another CEO Zoom. Um, And I think that's really helpful. It shows that. You know it shows on on behalf of the OTC that they really want to help you know the the issuers you know get their story
0: out there and that's that's half the battle sometimes absolutely we do have our virtual investor conference series which a lot of our issuers have taken advantage of and it's it's worked out well for them uh, especially in this time of covid and, and this pandemic and getting investor access like you were saying so going along with that Seth just just last thing i could want to chat about real quick do you have any advice for companies that are Obviously, every company is dealing with this COVID pandemic, but do you have any advice or suggestions for companies that are working through this right now? Um, advice, okay. So I've never run a publicly traded
1: company, but I'll give you the same advice You know, to any CEO, from one CEO to the other. Um, I would say I'd break it down into two pieces of, uh, of nuggets of data. Number one is spend a lot of time on LinkedIn because I think it's a great way to, um, to utilize this, I don't want to say downtime, but the time when you can't be going to conferences and you can't have investor luncheons and you can't have those face-to-face meetings with bankers or, or, or analysts, but it, it's still an amazing tool to be able to reach and connect to those people. I'm stating the obvious, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't take advantage of it. So that's number one. And number two is, I think the takeaway is just to be transparent. Um, you know, as a transfer agent, you know, we've got our staff here, we answer these phone calls every day from hundreds of shareholders. And they don't, they don't view us as an extension of the company, they sort of view us as the company sometimes, you know, they don't realize that we're just a, uh, an outsourced solution to answer their questions. And so if we're responsive, and if we're transparent, and we hold their hands, and if we tell them, hey, how can we assist you, and this is what's going on, Um, you know, of course, within reason of what we're able to say, they're appreciative and they think that, wow, this is a great company. And so I think that's really important in this, this COVID time, this new reality, is for the, the management team to just try to be as communicative as they can to the shareholders, to the employees also, but also to the shareholders, and really just do a good job of, of telling the story um, as often and as clear uh, as they can.
0: Seth, are you uh, are you pretty active on LinkedIn? Um, no comment.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so Seth, thanks for joining us today. It's been a, it's been a great chat. You gave a lot of comments, insight and suggestions for issuers and service providers. So thank you.
1: I appreciate the time. And, uh, I've, I've one request, Matt, that when this is all over, I, I hope I'll get invited to the world headquarters and we can,
0: we could do a follow-up in person. Sounds good, Seth. Absolutely. So for those listening, if you have any questions or would like to speak with Seth further, You can find V-Stock transfer listed in the transfer agent category on our premium provider directory.